Now, back in the day, yep. this is back in the day when I worked for ACO, ACO were very secretive. I mean, yeah. not like now. They've got their own Twitter account. I know, it's great. Well, it's not really that great. They could do <laughs> they could do better with it. You could do better, guys. But now the DG is just going public. Yeah. He went public, he made his second speech. And I gotta tell you, is there a lot to unpack? Yes, there is. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. You're listening to iSpy, the non-ideologically motivated podcast of Australian intelligence. We are not right-wing, we are not Muslim, and the Nazi party were socialists. Hello and welcome to iSpy. I'm Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan, and we're going to unpack something pretty interesting today. It's very rare. This is a very new thing in intelligence circles, having the Director General of your intelligence service get up and make a speech every year. Yeah, and I think um, it really got tongues wagging, so to speak. Certainly did. So we're talking about Mike Burgess, and he's come from like a a unique background, which I'm sure you'll get into, Mm -hmm. but he also was doing this thing that beforehand ASIO wasn't doing. No, they weren't. Uh, For transparency. You would well, you would get transparency from ASIO from the annual report. Yep. ASIO sent out an annual report. No, in that annual report, most people were shocked to find that ASIO would only have, say, like fifty to a hundred telephone intercepts running every year. Yeah. Right. And that's because while we think that there's a lot of people. Everyone being cares. On, yeah, everyone <laughs> thinks they're being spied yeah, on. Yeah. I don't want to break your bubble, but you know what? No one's spying on you. They don't care. Damn. You're not that important. But he made these really, really interesting calls this year. Yeah. One of the big ones, and I was really I've, I've spoken to a few of my uh, my easier contacts. Oh, right. Tapped into your zero context. Right. Uh, I've spoken to a few people in the intelligence world, and they're all going, yep, great idea, which is the language change. Right. Where he turned around and he said, we're not going to call it right-wing extremism anymore. We're not going to call it Muslim extremism anymore. We're going to call it politically motivated extremism and religiously motivated extremism. Now, this makes a lot of sense. It and does. I mean, some some people, some chatter what did say that, you know, for ages Muslims have been asking for this to be yeah. changed because for a long time there it was kind of putting the onus on their religion. Exactly. And now that this, I mean, some people are kind of thinking that they've done it now that right-wing extremism is a thing and it's more geared to white people, but yeah. that's not what they're doing. It's basically an important change around language. Yeah, it's an important change around language because as Burgess said, and there's a couple of, not only is the speech really interesting, he's done a couple of interviews and he's also been in front of Senate estimates. And we'll Mm. talk about that because that's really interesting. But basically he said that it's very difficult to actually single out where a lot of these different ideologies are coming from because they're not all right wing. Now, he has also said that if it is blatantly right wing extremism that is using violence to to its own ends, then yes, they will call it out as right-wing extremism. The same way if it's Muslim extremism, they'll call it out as Muslim extremism. Why am I using all these hand gestures? I don't know. No one can see us. I know. It's like you need a board, a whiteboard. Do not tempt me with a whiteboard. <laughs> I have the biggest whiteboard in my office and it's always covered in scribble. I bet. Right. So the the thing that he's done is he's gone, right, we're not going to call it right-wing extremism because, you know, there are certain groups that aren't quite right wing um, I mean one of the things I thought was very interesting he said is like there's really not much point in calling a lot of this extremism left wing because there's really not a lot of left wing extremism that's violent these days no we just we just like to cancel everyone we just go we just stand there <laughs> going I don't like it shut up no I think le- I think left wing extremism is getting on Twitter and creating a cancel culture shut up you're wrong doesn't oh, yeah. happen like that how dare you say it you're off 
Yeah. Right. Now, here's the thing, though. He said this, and, of course, people have already leapt going, well, it just shows that the right-wing conservative extremism yeah. is, doesn't exist. It does. Yeah. All right? It does. And also what it does is doing this is we start to really define who the problems are, which is very important. Now, a lot of people, and we were discussing this before we came into the booth, is Conchetta Fiorenti Wells. Uh, look, she sounds fancy, but I'm, I don't think she's that fancy. Great name. I know. Terrible senator. Oh, terrible. Only yesterday in Senate Estimates, she basically said to Mike Burgess that, well, this proves that Nazism is a socialist movement because it's got socialist in the name. Right. The Nazi Party were the National Socialists. Therefore, it's left-wing extremism. And thank you for stopping saying it's oh right-wing because I'm right-wing. And it was really interesting to watch Mike Burgess basically sit there and go, Look, we're just taking right wing out of it unless it's right wing. But can you just shut up and not say that because you look like an idiot? I mean, this is as bad as a, there's a Republican sen- senator at the moment in the US who did this whole speech about how Greenland was named Greenland because it used to be green. And the fact that it is covered in ice goes to show that climate change isn't a real thing. And you're just like, no, that's yeah. not why we called it Greenland. Yeah, I'm, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I have no idea why it's called Greenland. I'm pretty sure it's not called Greenland because the ice has been there since pretty much man's been around, Um, and basically, shut up, how did you get voted for? Which is, look, that's a problem we've got in Parliament anyways. How do these people keep getting in? Now, Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) You call me a left-wing boomer, but, you know, my proof of the pudding is Malcolm Roberts. Well, I know. That was one really interesting thing that came out, was the whole idea of changing the language. And a lot of people are picking up on it. It's a good idea. It's a very good idea because it means you can actually go, this was politically motivated violence, ideologically motivated violence, or religiously motivated violence, and then you can start to drill down and narrow it out. Yeah, exactly. And also I think... It takes out the the dynamic because we're seeing it in the US now with like what's happening with the Asian Americans. We really need to start looking at how we use our words and how that affects minorities and disenfranchised. Interestingly enough, the Colorado shooting recently, like in the last couple of days, turns out he was a Muslim. Now um, there's a movement in the United States saying, there you go, proves all Muslims are killers. And the reason no one said that it's a Muslim is because he's not right wing and the government's trying to do stuff against the right. It's like, no, 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 guys, guys, take a deep breath. No one's going to take your guns away. It's politically suicide in the United States. It is the third rail. But also, the guy just shot people. Yeah. Now, there was no there was no religious motivation to it no. that anyone knows. The guy just snapped and shot people. And as someone said, you know, it was a great photo that they put up was there was a guy standing at a cash register with a AR-15 over his shoulder. And it's like, how am I not meant to think this guy's out to kill me? Yeah, I know. No. It's incre- it's incredible. That, so there's that. I mean, that's we're getting into America and we're moving away from ASIO. But let's get back to ASIO. Let's get back to ASIO. Yeah. Now, the other thing that came out that everyone just went, ooh, including me, was there was a nest of spies in Australia. I know. And this was something straight out of a spy thriller. Oh, yeah. Like it, it literally was. Mm. And they said that they had literally got into every level almost. Well, they were trying to. They were trying to. They were trying to recruit politicians. They were trying to recruit public servants. They were trying to recruit defence personnel. And I think they had recruited some. Mm -hmm. Yep. They had. Yep. And one person lost their security clearance. Yep. And we've talked about security clearances. This person lost their security clearance. And what I liked was the way Burgess described kicking them out, where they basically literally rang the intelligence service they were from and went, "Uh, where are you guys? Can you go home now? 
Is that what they did? They, they did. They literally contacted them and went, we know what you're up to. We know what you're doing. We've uncovered everything. We know who everyone is. You may want to go home now. Yeah. Now, this comes down to that great thing. People go, why didn't were they arrested? Why didn't we lock them up? Because we it, don't arrest people. It doesn't behoove us no. to arrest them. It's no. better to kick them out. Now, and the interesting – the really interesting part about this yes. is everyone thought that it was China. Of course they did. And then he was adamant that it was they weren't from our region. So then that started everyone thinking. Yeah. Now, who do you think it was? Well, I thought Russia. Well, you know, that's the that's obviously uh, point number one is Russia. Yeah. Right? But Russia's more interested in our defence technology, not so much our trade. Though, yeah, they're, they're getting interested in our trade. I mean, what's really interesting is if you really want to drill down into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure you did. Oh, man. If I had a great. <laughs> Week on, on, on you got the whiteboard out. Got a whiteboard out. I'm <laughs> scrambling away. My wife's going, "Where's my shopping list? It's it's under Rwanda, right? Because we yeah. kicked out a bunch of Rwandan spies recently. Oh, really? Rwandan. Rwanda. Rwanda. Now, what does Rwanda want with us? Well, Rwanda has a uh, an immigrant population here in Australia. Not a lot, but they're here. And the head of um, I think it's Kigali, the head of Rwanda, the president of Rwanda, and has been the president of Rwanda since the genocide. Mm. He was the guy who actually came into the country after the genocide and took it over and has done some amazing things with the place. But also he's a despot and if you say anything about him, he will just basically make you disappear into the jungle, never be seen again, <laughs> right? Yeah. But still, great guy. Pop uh, style. Great guy, just don't, don't diss him. No. Uh, now, he was actually – he had intelligence officers in Australia – harassing immigrants, like Rwandan immigrants in Australia. Like, really? Well, you know, if they were posting things online saying, yeah, he's a terrible president, we hate him, they would have them basically going, we will beat you to death and kill your entire family. Oh, my God. Home. Right, so there was that. Yeah. And there was also they were interested in getting Australian intelligence. They were trying to get trade intelligence. They were trying to get defence intelligence. Now, why do you think Rwanda would be interested in Australia, Michelle? I have no fucking idea. Who do you think pays for Rwanda? Oh, Russia. Hey. <laughs> No, America. No. Nope. China. Yo. Yes, China. Bing, 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 bing. So basically it was China. Well, it kind of was, <laughs> right? Because a lot of people sort of – I mean, uh, this is – again, this is me using my critical analysis skills that I was taught at ASIO and there's all these guys at ASIO mm. right now going, God, Frosty, you are such a tool. Yeah. But essentially uh, there, is a, there is a case that can be made that Rwanda would be spying as a, a proxy or a cat's paw for China. Now, how do we prove that? We can't. Cannot. Unless, of course, a piece of intelligence we know went to Rwanda suddenly appears in China. But also the thing is we, I can't imagine Rwanda having the capacity to need to know half the things they were trying to find out. Exactly. Why would they need to know? Yeah. Because intelligence is currency, all right? You yeah. can sell it. You can use it. So they're it. using it. They could. I mean, yeah. they could. Again, this is all uh, the word we hear a lot at the moment, alleged. I mean, yes, alleged. Alleged. Yes. It's not really alleged. It's, it's only alleged if it's a crime. But anyway. <laughs> well, you know, espionage is by the, the, the Crimes Act a crime. Except you don't go to jail. You just get, get asked yeah, to you leave. Just, you just get asked <laughs> But it can be really bad for your career. But, of course, what they do is they write you a really nice reference and then you right. get a job as a lobbyist. Right. Uh, <laughs> now, um, the other one that came up, it was around about 2013 from a case that started in 2010. Mm. This is the other thing you've got to consider is intelligence takes a long time. The wheels of intelligence turn slowly. You don't spot someone, arrest them or kick them out of the country straight right. away. You have to build the case. Now, back in 2010, there were some South Korean spies in Australia mm. getting up to mischief, actually had recruited an academic who was also working in government. They were using him. Again, the Australian government turned around and went,
went, we'd like you to take your spies and get rid of them. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Like, just get them out of here because we're on to you and we know everything. Now, they were very interested in trade. And it's one of the things they were talking about with this nest of spies, Mike Burgess brought up, was they were very interested not just in defence information, they were interested in trade information. Mm. Now, why would South Korea be interested in Australian trade? Oh, is this another question for me? Yeah, why not? Um, (laughs) I don't know. Because we trade in the same markets. Yes, okay. What was very interesting at the time as well is Australia were working on a free trade agreement with South Korea. Yep, that makes sense. So essentially it makes sense that they would be wanting to know what our trade situation was so they can bargain a better position. I mean, it comes down to the whole bugging the cabinet room in Dili, mm. that, the whole Witness K affair, is that was essentially, look, as everyone goes, how shocking, how could we do it? Because that's what we do. That's yeah. what governments do. They spy on each other. And if they've got a chance to take advantage, they will. The thing is, when you get caught, you're caught. Yeah, and you look bad. You look bad. Yeah. And you've got to fess up and take it. You don't take a job with Woodside Petroleum when you leave the uh, ministry. The, you know, the, things like that. <laughs> the, you know, little things that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. give it away. Yeah. Now, so there was the South Koreans. Uh, the Russians, of course the Russians are going to be part of this. Of course they're going to be in the frame. But I can think of another nation. Can you? That might be in the frame. That might be in the frame. America? No. Nah. Okay. No, we just give them what they want. <laughs> Come we on. Just roll over. They're of us. Um, well, well, why would they spy on us considering they supply us with a lot of the technology that other people are trying to learn? So, say the F-35 strike fighter, that's a pretty nifty piece of technology. Well, it will be if it ever works. So, basically, we're the southern US. Well, The southern state of the United States. Well, a lot of people regard Australia as a very soft target. and But a lot of countries have tested their equipment here. Britain tested their yep. nukes here back at Woomera, right? Now, there was one weapon that was tested here. I think it was the Harpoon missile. And then it suddenly turns out that the Russians had their version of a Harpoon missile. And everyone went, right, that's it. Can't trust Australia with a thing. They're hopeless. Those bloody Aussies. God damn, they can't keep a secret. Turns out it wasn't us. It was the British that gave that away. It was the Cambridge Five. Oh, right. right. So that's when Australia went, yeah, mate, we know what we're doing. We're actually really good at keeping secrets. We're very, very good at keeping secrets. So we will be targeted, of course, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're a soft target. A lot of people think we are, but we're not necessarily a soft target. ASIO do a good job. That's not just me hoping not to get arrested. I truly believe that. Yep. But there has been a case of a Melbourne academic, Australian-British citizen, who was arrested in Iran. Right. Right. Now, Iran would be very interested in what's going on in Australia, and Iran have had an intelligence presence in Australia, and if we were to kick some of their spies out, they might do a tit-for-tat idea of going, well, we're going to arrest her and call her for espionage and lock her up for 10 years. So, look, the the big problem is we don't know who it was, but that's also a really good thing because, as we say in intelligence, we don't need to know. Right. Um, And what was really fascinating too with all of that, so I've done some research on Mike Burgess. Yeah. And he has kind of, A, led the charge on being a little bit more transparent, Mm. updating the media on what's going on, Uh which we've never had before. Well, we kind of had. We had a media liaison officer, but basically their job was Media liaison officer. Yeah, media liaison officer. Right. What did he do? Yeah. Not us. No, I (laughs) don't 
No, we just have a Twitter account that I keep making comments on when I should be doing it as me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Most I'm boomer sorry. thing ever. I got into a fight with someone online last night. It's all silly. Yeah, it's uh, a step away from the alcohol and Twitter, please. <laughs> I wish I'd been drinking. Um, so, ASIO has a media liaison yep. officer, right? And essentially their job was to take phone calls and go no comment. Quite literally, because what are you going to say? Yep. Someone blew up a building. Who did it? Uh, we can't comment on that yep. right now. And there was one guy who was in there who was a journalist. He actually he, he was doing the recruiting process so he could write an expose on it. Mm. And when it all finished and they offered him a job, he turned around and said, I need to be honest with you, I've been commissioned by a newspaper to do an expose on this on your recruiting process. To which ACO went, you do know you can't talk about that. And he went, yeah, I understand that. And they went, yeah, cool. And they went, so how do you feel about that? What are you going to do? And they went, well, we've offered you a job. Do you want it? And he went, but you don't mind? They went, no, 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 we knew you were doing that. Right. (laughs) But we thought you were a really interesting guy and we want to recruit you. And he went, done, I'm in. So he wound up working there. And the first job they gave him, of course, was you can be the media liaison officer. Great. Which made him go, I didn't join to do this. But they went, yeah, but you know what? You can start there while we train you up for everything else. Wound up being a very, very effective intelligence officer, but a great MLO because what he would do is people would ring up and instead of going, no comment, what he would do is go, look, I could tell you all these different things, but that could put someone's life at risk. And if I put someone, tell you and you put that person's life at risk, well- Who's the person that's going to wind up in trouble? Yeah. You. Right. Right. The journo. And it was great. It was great to have a journo, to be able to talk to journos, to go, you don't I need mean, to know. I mean, but that's what they do for the police media. Yep. Like, it's so much easier to have a journo. Yeah. But getting back to Mike Burgess, yes. he was handpicked by Scott Morrison. Of course. Which, you know, is the way. Well, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yep. My, my one question on that, though, would be if Scott Morrison is no longer Prime Minister, yep. if he's doing a really good job. Just say Labor got in. Yeah. Would they keep him or would they get rid of him? Oh, you keep him. Yeah. If he's doing a good job, why That's would you get I mean. rid of him? Like, I don't know if, like, they change just because political al- al- allegiances have changed. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I do what you, I do like know what you mean. <laughs> but here's, like, one, you want the generational knowledge to continue. Yeah. Right? He's the head of ASIO. So he's the face of ASIO. Yeah. And it, he is the only person that is technically allowed to be revealed as an ASIO officer and yeah. to speak on behalf of ASIO. You have an MLO, but that MLO is anonymous. Right? Now, with Mike Burgess... What's interesting about him is I don't actually know much about his politics, but one of the no, things- No, you don't actually. No, you don't. Why? Because you don't know much don't about anyone's yeah. politics in ASIO because that is a matter for you. Yeah. Right? If you're a, you can't be a member of a political party, you can't be a member of a union, you can't be a member of an extremist organisation, yeah. you can't be a member of pretty much a lot of stuff because it goes against what you do. Yeah. Right. So you can't be a liberal, you can't be Labour, you, you, can, you can vote either way, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Right. Mm. ASIO don't care how you vote as long as you are not active politically within your sphere of interest. Yes. So for him, he's an effective officer. ASIO is working effectively and well. They're obviously doing a great job at the moment. They're kicking spies out and they're, you know, they're changing their language and doing all these different yeah. things. Why would you get rid of him? Yeah, exactly. And what I found interesting about him. He has an electrical engineering background. Mm -hmm. But when I was reading a little bit on him, it kind of reminded me of you. So he said a few years after he graduated, he saw a weird geeky sounding advertisement in the newspaper. 
It was short on details about the recruiter and he thought he'd give it a go and the, that's when he found out the agency he was applying for was the nation's cyber spy agency. Oh, that's right, because he's very heavy in sp- yes, cyber. Yes, so the Defence Signals Directorate, yeah. which is now the Australian Signals Directorate, and he spent 18 years scaling the ranks there. So, he's, yeah. I mean, his background is cyber, which is exactly perfectly positioned for what Australia needs right now, I Exactly think. what we need, right, yes. is cyber. But it there were some parallels in the application process, I thought, between I, you and him. I had no idea what ASIO was when I applied. Exactly. For it. Right. But the thing is, once you get in there and they start explaining it to you, that you could literally go, oh, I don't want anything of this. But yeah. who the hell is going to do that when you go, we're going to give you every secret in the country. I am in. <laughs> exactly. Now, what is fascinating about that is going back to this whole idea of the nest of spies, one of the things that's come up is a lot of it was cyber-based, yep. which then again lends itself towards Russia because they are absolutely- They love it. They're really good at it yeah. too, right? And the other thing they're really good at, and I think it's kind of like it makes what's going on in parliament right now kind of sad, is they're really good at compromise, a compromise, which is compromising material. Right. And one of the things they like to do is if they can't find it on you, if you are such a clean skin that you've never had an affair, you've never downloaded porn- who hasn't? Who is that? Um, the saddest person in the world. Look at the guy without a smile. Yeah, look at that guy who just sits there looking at that desk going, you're cute. Right? <laughs> you mean a Liberal Party member? Yeah. Uh, right. If you've never done anything like that, often they'll invent it. They'll mm. create it. Mm. Now, honestly, I reckon there must be guys in Russia right now going, my God, they've, they've literally outpawned us. What yeah. do we do? It's like, it, and again, what's going on in Parliament is one of those things where it's like, it is so compromising. And we yeah. talk about that in that our episode about yes. compromise. But remember, we were talking about but it. But the fact that they all have like group chats and they share compromising videos yeah. of each other, like it's beyond me that like it's 101, surely 101 yeah, 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 yeah. when it comes to security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be doing this stuff. Clear history. I mean, don't be doing it anyway because it's freaking weird, guys. Set it on a private browser. But, clear your history. Yeah. But here's the thing. Don't do it. No, that, I mean, that should go without saying. Right. So we had a nest of spies. We yep. changed our language. We have this guy that is literally he invited people into the building for this briefing. Yep. The last briefing, I think, was in a briefing room somewhere in Parliament House. This time we went, screw it. I've got, a, I've got an auditorium. Yep. Come check it out. The Ben Chifley building. Named after a great Labor politician, by the way, Ben Chifley. I think was Chifley the one who invented ASIO? He is the one who invented ASIO. There you go. go. So that's why they would have named it the Chifley Building. Yes. Uh, Terrible thing about the Chifley Building is the windows kept falling out to start. I think we've mentioned that before. Yes, China. Yeah, China. They have the plans. Uh, (laughs) China went, if you don't know where to go for the auditorium, it's just down on the Um, So this is a guy who's literally reshaping intelligence in Australia. 100%. And that's a good thing. A lot of people were sort of like, there there will be people in the organisation and outside the organisation that would be going, no, this is terrible, don't do it. Well, his whole mantra was to bring ASIO out of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that is you want to take them out of the shadows, but they still have to live there. I mean, oh, 100%. That is the, the contradiction. And that's. Well, it's, he's bringing the ideas out of the shadows and letting us know what's going on, yeah. but the people themselves are still in the shadows. Oh, the operations are still yes. well and truly yeah. hidden. As he said, I can't tell you who it was exactly. simply because it will reveal a lot of how we direct and target our intelligence assets. Yes, of right? course. So that's why we go, nah, look. But it's, it inter- happened, it's but interesting that he brought it up anyway because a lot of that stuff would be usually just kept in the dark because yeah. they don't want anyone sniffing around and finding out or or asking questions that they don't want to answer. But so it's very interesting he brought there's it up. There's a very good reason why he did. 
to say how good they are? Boom. Yeah. That's literally it. They've got to in some way say we are doing our job. Yes. Now, we can all wait for the annual report and in the annual report but it no might one's say- reading for that. No one reads it. No one reads well, it. Well, they do. Like, I oh, do. You read it. I read it. I don't read it's that. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's I really there sad. Going, how many vetting, how many people will be vetted this year? Uh, you have sad existence. <laughs> My wife just sits there and goes, you don't want to watch a crime fiction? I'm busy reading a report from Asia. <laughs> yeah. right? What he has done is he's literally- turned around and made ASIO kind of sexy. Yep. No, I, I agree. And also he's kind of done this unique thing specifically with journalists where he's given us kind of carte blanche to like go in and, and look at what's yeah. going on, which we've never had before because journalists are always shut down, hence the media as an officer saying no, no comment. comment. But now the fact that there is a comment, yeah. it's it's getting everyone talking. And when he gave that speech, it got everyone talking. It was mm. on all in all the papers, it was, you know, on radio, it was everywhere. But talking about how good a job they're doing. Yeah. Now what I found really interesting and and because of this, uh, I'm gonna put it out there. I want to talk to Mike Burgess yeah. in this studio. Be great. Because he actually, I was driving up to Canberra on the weekend because my mum's just got out of hospital with a yeah. new hip. Okay. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I'm driving up there and I'm doing my usual troll through podcasts and Catherine Murphy had him on her podcast. Now, mm. she didn't interview him, but what was really interesting was how very open he was about discussing this stuff. Yep. Right. Now, again, it's all about letting the the country realise that this is an organisation that is valuable. Yes. Now, the other thing is normally heads of ASIO were like former diplomats, mm-hmm. were they not? Yeah. But I think because he spent 18 years in kind of like the cyber spy realm, yeah. I think he kind of has a fair idea. I mean, then he went to Telstra, which is interesting in itself. But I think he has a fair idea of what he can and cannot say. Yes. Here's the thing. When you say he, he, went, he can walk that line. Yeah. Now, when you said he went to Telstra, here's one of the really interesting things that most people don't know. Oh, Telstra allow all the bugging. One of the most <laughs> secure buildings in the country Telstra. is the Telstra Telephone yeah. Exchange in Canberra. Well, it'd have to be because Telstra is pretty much, they own all of the, the they lines. They own the wires. They own the wires. They own the wires, not only the wires in Australia, but the wires that go to Asia, the wires that go Yeah, the submarine places. cables. Yeah, 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 all right. of that. So there is that thing, you know, there are those great stories yep. of people floating submarines down to the ocean floor and trying to <laughs> tap into it. It's like, my God, <laughs> siphoning through the crap. And most of yeah. it would be porn, right? Because yeah. everyone's downloading porn from America or yeah. wherever. So there's that thing that Telstra are in uh, – Beyond being a business, they are a security asset. So the fact that he worked there means he would have a really good idea of what's going on, again, in our telecommunication system, yep. which is something you need with somebody running ASIO. Yeah, so cyber, telecommunications, he's an electrical engineer. Yep. He's kind of got the full package and he's he's pretty good pretty good speaking, good orator. He's a very good orator. He speaks well and he also fronts questions really well. That's what was interesting is listening to the interview yep. he did with on Murfaroo's uh, podcast, and yep. then listening to him when Conchetta Fiorante Wells was asking him questions, and you could just see him going Senate estimates, uh, Senate yep. estimates, and you could just see him literally like going, "I can't believe I'm going to have to answer this, but I'm going to have to answer this in such a way that I do not compromise ASIO's position, but I do not compromise where this senator and make her look like an absolute fool because that makes my life hard down the track." Smart dude. Yeah, and I th- I really think he is taking ASIO in a very unique and good place. I think it's positive. Yeah.